welcome in to Sportball, the podcast that launched a nation. Where I'm your boy, it. Sam. <laughs> With me, as always, are my good friends, my sworn enemies, Kyle and Seth. How are we doing, boys? Which nation did we launch and why was it Belgium? <laughs> uh, we have a lot to hit on today. This this um this podcast outline is brought to you by Kyle. Kyle, any words of advice? We come to you in your time of need to provide you the state of affairs, the state of the union of our two favorite sports with balls. That's right. We'll be hitting <laughs> we'll be hitting handball and <laughs> And women's squash today, but first we're going to hit on the NBA and the NFL, our two go-tos, and then we're going to sprinkle a little World Cup action at the end because Ooh. I hear they do play that with the ball. I know it was invented for the rock, same. but they've <laughs> since gone off of that. Uh, obviously, we're experts at that, so you should be looking to us for any sort of advice on the World Cup. Um, so let's start with the NBA, if you'll allow me. Now, I realized uh, all the teams that we have on the outline are in the Western Conference. So I guess we'll just have to hit the Eastern Conference hard next time. So for all you Eastern Conference fans out there, hang up. Stop the podcast. We'll we'll see you next week. Uh, We're about 15-ish games into the NBA season, give or take. Um, Time to kind of take stock of who's been disappointing, who's been surprising and just what the hell goes on here so the warriors are six to nine very nice number but not a nice record to be at if you're the defending champions no team has ever started started six and nine in the first 15 games of the nba season and won the title i don't you can take that what you will it'd be funny if that stat was like exactly six and nine <laughs> like teams have started you know five and twelve and made it easily but. made it <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they are 12th in the West right now. They're 10th in offensive rating. That's pretty good. They're 27th in defensive rating, uh, and there's only 30 teams. Oh, so that's not that's very not good. good. Mm-hmm. They're trying. They were trying to play James Wiseman earlier in the year, which probably led to a lot of this defensive rating And he was yeah. not up to snuff. They were just hemorrhaging points with him in there. So he's been. He's out of the rotation. Uh, kind of similar with Kaminga as well, Jonathan Kaminga. Kind of out of the rotation. Moses Moody sticks around, but they're Kyle. It seems like they're just trying to like play these young guys, but it might be time to just play the veterans and start winning games. I mean, yeah, you could say that, but it's like, what veterans do they really even have that are reliable? I mean, yeah, you have Steph. Clay's not reliable anymore. Draymond's been a liability for years, except maybe on the defensive end. It's been a shame. Andre Iguodala is not going to give you good minutes. Who who, who else? I think they need. To, I think they're going to have to make a trade for a veteran player. I think you're right. They are a little. They're. I mean, they're a little thin. Dante Divincenzo maybe comes back to uh, full health. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if that really changes your life, but. I think the yeah, clay I mean, part's a big issue too, right? I mean, he hasn't looked like himself at all this year. He's he's been in an all-time slump by his standards. 
Right. Yeah. It's like when you look at this team, names jump out at you, but then you think about how long they've been doing this for and the injuries that Clay has gone through. And it's like, besides the starting five and Jordan Poole, there's really no hope anywhere. I mean, half yeah. of the starting five gives you no hope either. So, Well, the starting five is, is one of the best lineups in the NBA this year. And then they turn to the bench, and Poole's been disappointing so far after giving them that big contract. Maybe it's because he got punched by their emotional leader. That'll probably do it to you. Um, <laughs> and so once they go to the bench, they're just they're just hemorrhaging points and they can't seem to find anyone off the bench. And so far this season, Clay Thompson has uh, taken more shots than he has points scored. So that's not what you want to hear. Yeah. It's disappointing for sure. He I, I shoot 35% from the field. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's just in a huge, huge shooting slump. Like, you would think he would figure his way out of it and that might be like all they need did we underestimate the impact of some of those some of those role players who left last Mm -hmm. season right so Gary Payton the second obviously although it's not like he was a huge contributor the entire season last year it was more kind of in the playoffs um and even then like it's certain matchups and then Otto Porter Jr., right, giving some kind of veteran presence, some shooting from that big position. Juan Toscano Anderson, like Damian Lee, right? Damian Lee for sure, yeah. All these guys who, Bielitsa, who <clears throat> not lighting anybody's world on fire, even not even really guys that like people would seek out as like a six, guy, six man, but competent players who – could at least tread water while Steph was on the bench. And I feel like, I don't know, I expected the Warriors to just find other guys to plug in and that they'd be able to do that, but it hasn't worked out so far. And yeah, I I don't know. It's like, why would Clay suddenly be so much worse at shooting? So I feel like he's just going to find his way out of that eventually. We should have mentioned, of course, that this is not due to Steph's play. No, not by uh, Steph, has, <laughs> Steph has been insane. I mean, he just scored 50 points in a loss last night. He's averaging 33, 7, and 6.5 and on a 53, 45, 93% shooting, which is that good? I don't know. He has also has a PR of 30, <laughs> which I didn't even know was possible. Uh, so yeah, he's been pretty good. <laughs> and did you see him in the interview last night? He scored 50. They lost. He's like, I need to be doing the little things like boxing out, you know, like, <laughs> like Steph, it's, you don't have to apologize. It's really not your fault. <laughs> uh, yeah. There's, so I don't know. There are three players with a uh, PER over 30 this season so far. <laughs> Jesus. You want to try and guess the other two? Uh, I was Giannis, <laughs> really, Luca. As you were saying this, I was looking it up as well to see like what the history of that is. There were three over thirty last year, also. Oh, okay. So not that Wait, bad. can I guess? Yeah. Was yeah? Is it Gian, Giannis and Luca? Either one of them? Luca is one, correct. 
Is it your boy Shay? It is Shay. That man is on one. You know, we don't have that on the rundown. Let's just hit that real quick because he is uh he's becoming a superstar. I mean, he's averaging what is he averaging? Like 32 points a game. He's not even hitting point three points, six assists, and four and a half rebounds with what is that? Three and a half stocks a game. Yeah, his defense is great too. That was like I mean, he's shooting forty percent from three, but he's only taken three a game. <laughs> right, like he hasn't really been using the line at all. He's like a guard version of Giannis. Pretty much, that's a really good way to explain him. <laughs> but and yeah, the way I mean, he moves, man. It just doesn't ever seem hard. Yeah, like he just makes it all seem way too easy. Zach Lowe d- described it perfectly. He said in an article, um, <laughs> he moves as if like he can somehow pick parts of his body and move them in different directions from each other <laughs> simultaneously. <laughs> like if you're defending him, it's like trying to like catch water in your hands. Like he just moves at a different pace, a herky jerky style that it's very impossible to defend. He's like, he basically like leads the league in drives and on efficiency on those drives as if he's like a, uh, alpha wing, but he's a guard. It's insane. I, I just, you know, I, I love that he's finally getting the uh, the attention that he's deserved for all these years. But I've been on the Shea train since 2018, and it, it's nice to uh, to reap what I sow. Is that the right terminology <laughs> for that? <laughs> Something like that. I think that would be more like if you were Shea. It was bad, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. No, that would be like if you actually like deserve credit for Shea's success and then you could get the benefits of it. I think I do though. Yeah, I think he's I think he does deserve that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um so I guess the last thing on Shea before I move on. What does OKC do? Do they just ride it out and I was gonna bring this up like be a, a middling team this year? Or you can't trade him. Right, like no. you, no, you can't bench Absolutely him. Absolutely not. Like, w- what do you do? I guess. I mean, right now they're still even. they're still an eleventh seed right now at seven and eight. Um, I mean, yeah, they're tied though with the the Timberwolves for um, record wise. So I mean, one more yeah. win, they're it's in so the play in at this point. Yeah, it's super early. I think they can still do. They, I think they can still sit him down with an injury, but maybe they'll wait until the last like 10, 15 games of the year this year to let them, you know, <laughs> really ride it out. I don't think they're ever going to be as bad as the Rockets um, or probably the Magic or Pistons in the East, you know, if they don't sit him down. So even really if they depends. do, I mean, those teams already have a head start on them. Right, exactly. I don't so think I, you can, I, I like, yes, you want. Victor, but let's see. They have. <laughs> I'm trying to look up their their draft compensations from all the trades that they've made. Like you might, they. I, I think they go and try and make the playoffs. Let me see if I could pull this up. Yeah, do, do they have anyone? I want to see. Yeah, who they should have Clippers picks, right? So they do correct, and they're. I think one of them is unprotected, but it's the, the Clippers right. aren't going to be that bad. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think they'll be in the mix. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. 
Yeah, I think they can make the playoffs. They're still starting Poku at center, and I just don't want to live on an earth where a team that's doing that will make the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe Shea's just that good. I think they'll Poku, as I watched them play the Celtics the other day. Poku had multiple putback dunks. We just he would run in from the perimeter and just like jump over everybody and dunk it. And we're like, damn it. Sony boxed <laughs> this guy out. He's 90 pounds. <laughs> I mean, right now they're in 11th, right behind them, and 12 was the Warriors. So I would like to think the Warriors will finish ahead of the Thunder. And then the Thunder will be in that final four with the Spurs, Lakers, and Rockets. And then you have a decent shot at it, at least, you know. But they're not going to be the worst team in the league, certainly, if Shea keeps playing. That's for damn sure. I mean, that's what we've seen so far. It's the 2024 draft that they have a ton okay. of first-rounders. They have one, two, three, four first-rounders in the 2024 <laughs> draft. They just have um, – I think they could swap with the Clippers unprotected. So okay. I think they swap if the Clippers is better. Right. I think they end up I think they end up giving up on a playoff run later in the season, but they won't be one of the worst teams in the league. Yeah. Uh speaking of one of the worst teams in the league or in the history of organized basketball, the Los Angeles Lakers, who should probably just move back to Minneapolis at this point. Three and ten. Three and ten. That's three wins and ten losses if you're keeping up. Uh 14th in the West. Somehow the Rockets have are worse than them only because they've lost 12 games. They've won the same amount of games as the Rockets. Um, that's a two, 231 winning percentage if you're keeping score at home. They're 15th in defense. Uh, they are 30th in offense, uh, which, as I mentioned, there are indeed 30 teams in the NBA. So uh, you can't get much worse than that. Uh, I wanted to put them on the outline just because there's some, some buzz, some percolations around the league about the trade that we've hammered on this podcast before for Miles Turner and Buddy Hield uh, from the Indiana Pacers, uh, that it might actually happen soon because there's this weird article that came out that was like, oh, LeBron wants to make a trade to be a contender now, which clearly like LeBron had someone write that article. And um, I don't know, man. I mean, I mean, if I was the Pacers, I would definitely do it because I'm seven and six right now and sixth in the East. And I'd prefer to be 14th in the East. And if I can get one or two of the Lakers unprotected picks in 25 and 27, I mean, LeBron's going to be retired or dead. Uh, Anthony Davis, <laughs> Anthony Davis is going to be gone probably. And then, but, but like, what do you like for what? Even if what Anthony Davis is still there. Or dead. What good is that to them this year? (laughs) And it's like, for what? You're going to be a 10th seed? You're three and 10. You're obviously not going to add Miles Turner and Buddy Heald and even be in the top four in the West. So what the hell is the point? Like the next Victor Wembanyama in 27 goes to the team, goes to the Pacers. And then you're sitting there with your dick in the hands saying, great. I'm glad we made the play in in 2022. (laughs) Yeah. That's I mean, exactly I, what they're going to do. I assume. <laughs> I don't know. The Lakers. Are, so through. Let's see. Started off. Um, This is like their. 
worst tied for their worst start before their win against the Nets, at least. So three against games, the Nets don't even count. That's not even a real NBA team. I know. Before that win, when they were two and ten, right? It was tied for the two worst starts in Lakers team history. 1957 Lakers and the 2015 Lakers. Wow. Neither of those two years did the Lakers win more than 20 games. <laughs> well, and the, the best part about this, if you're a Celtics fan and thoroughly <laughs> enjoying this shit show, is like we were just talking about um, with Oklahoma City on the other side of this, the Lakers obviously don't own their draft pick. And it's unprotected going to New Orleans. <laughs> so <laughs> the Lakers are unintentionally taking. And I pray to the Lord every day that they'll end up getting Victor Wembanyama, and he'll go to New Orleans. And Dude, that would be fucking insane. Can you Victor, imagine Victor, Zion, CJ, BI, Herb Jones, Jonas, kick him to the curb. Or play him at small forward. Yeah, playing at small forward. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's New Orleans Pelicans fans must be like a pig in shit right now because their team's already good. They already have Zion, and they might get the first one of the first three picks in the draft this year. New Orleans, yeah, I mean, and weirdly Utah are yeah. in very similar, just moisturized thriving <laughs> situations in their lane yeah. we yeah, get i mean minnesota and the lakers have the fifth and sixth hardest schedules of the season yeah so they're the, the things aren't looking up for them let's talk about minnesota real quick while you mentioned it uh they are seven and eight tenth in the west you just mentioned they have the same record as the oklahoma city thunder who once again are starting poku at center uh, they're 13th in offense and 17th in defense, and the vibes are just terrible. The vibes you'd, are off. You'd rather start Poku at center than Rudy Gobert, though, right? I mean, yeah. The if he's next yeah. to Cat. <laughs> <laughs> like, they're just taking jabs at each other. Ant is saying, I need to play more with, with more space. Carl Anthony Towns is outing his fast food diet. On in public, uh, they look disjointed best, every game. <laughs> they the other day, Carl Anthony Towns had a pass five feet out of bounds. He might as well have been sitting in the stands when he caught the pass. Um, Anthony there was Edwards a, completely didn't move on a single play in crunch time <laughs> a couple games ago. <laughs> yeah, it's really bad, and um. As kind of expected, they're like great on offense with Cat on the floor and Gobert off it, and terrible on defense. And then the exact opposite when Gobert is on the court and Cat sits. Uh man, we know how you feel, Kyle. The Minnesota Timberwolves in your eyes should be out of the league and out of your life forever. <laughs> Seth, you're on the ground. You're on the ground in Minnesota. You have your ears to the the whispers of the Minnesota fans. How are things up there with this team and the vibes? Yeah. Um, it's a shame. We're having our cousin dinner tomorrow night, so I might see some of my cousins who are really more hardcore Timberwolves fans. Mm-hmm. Last I talked to them, it was a little bit like, I can't, this isn't how I expected this to go. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
And yeah, obviously, as you detailed, there's a lot of it that's like interpersonal and just team chemistry kind of stuff. I mean, obviously we had concerns. Obviously we had concerns on paper as well before mm-hmm. the season, but I thought about, you know, at least towns can spread the floor on off on offense. So it's not like you have two bigs who both can't shoot. So from that perspective, like if Gobert is going to fit anywhere, it's with four shooters. But the problem is that like the players who are supposedly shooters aren't actually shooting well. Right. Joe Russell is washed and has been for washed. He was never dirty. (laughs) He was never dirty. (laughs) Um, And it's just like their entire offense looks terrible. And yeah. So I don't know. I, I think the only move they have left to play would be to trade cat. And I feel like I can't decide if that's a good, bold call or like digging deeper into disaster. Right. The problem is the problem is they're locked into go bear because of everything they put into him. So they can't do anything there. And the, the thing they didn't consider when they traded for Gobert is that every single NBA player hates him. Not a single NBA p- player likes him and hates him. That's obvious. Nobody respects him as a player or a person. I don't know what's up with him. It's, it's kind of like Dwight Howard, where everyone just avoids him at all costs. And, I mean, Cat, I don't even know. Who would even tr- – listen – Cat is tantalizing, but he's low-key just really bad. Like, we get it. You can shoot 40% from three and you're a big man. Like, what do you want, a fucking trophy? Like, he literally is the worst big man defender in the league. He lo- he literally, like, I watch clips of him defending and it looks like me. And I'm really bad at defense and I'm not in the NBA. He's and- honestly just rich man's Davis Bertans. <laughs> like, yeah, he's got a few post moves, but yeah. otherwise... What's the difference? Yeah, he literally turns the ball over like five times a game and they're just really dumb passes. He has literally the worst awareness of anyone in the NBA. Like he's not an intelligent player at all. And we've seen time and time again, he's terrible in the playoffs. Absolutely awful. James Harden-esque. Sorry, I had to throw that He's worse than James Harden in the playoffs. Oh yeah, definitely. Which is saying a lot. (laughs) So... Like, who's going to trade for him? Probably the Knicks, right? The Knicks would do anything. <laughs> Julius Randle for for Carl Anthony Towns? Who says no? I think like the whole NBA says no. Randle is not the missing piece for the Timberwolves. <laughs> no, I don't think so at all. But, <laughs> but <clears throat> yeah. I mean, if, if you're the Timberwolves, like, what kind of – don't you have to try to get, like – an equal compensation that you just gave up for Gobert if you're going to trade Towns. But yeah, I don't I mean, know. I feel like, like here's the thing. You you kind of have to, like we said, add a bunch of shooters now if you're going to get rid of Towns and build around Gobert and Ant. So I think they need to trade with Utah, send Cat to Utah, and get all of those shooters that Utah has. Just rebuild <laughs> the Jazz in, in Minnesota. <laughs> 
That's the thing, though. Like, if they do that, even if it's not with the Jazz, that's what they're going to do, right? It's just going to yes, be like yeah. Anthony Edwards is Donovan Mitchell. He's going to hate Gobert. Like <laughs> a bunch did. of shooters, yeah. And then they just have a bunch of mediocre shooters, yeah. Man, they really fucked themselves with this trade, huh? That and they, they, uh, they didn't allow us to enjoy a Kevin Durant trade over the offseason because of this. Yeah. <laughs> good they point. screwed us for that. Screwed that. I don't know. Up. I feel like, like, I think they're still going to make the playoffs. I mean, I guess they're in no the way out right now. <laughs> I mean, so I have bad. my doubts now. <laughs> That's for sure. What was that bet that we made? There was somebody like higher playoff seed. Oh, it was Timberwolves or Sixers, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Kyle, pull it up. Um, Steph bet that the Timberwolves make it farther than the Sixers in the playoffs, and me and Sam bet that the Sixers make it farther than the Timberwolves. Okay. Well, the Timberwolves right. are a 10 seed. At this seed point, we just need the Sixers to make the playoffs. <laughs> They're a 9 seed. <laughs> Neither team would make the playoffs if it ended the day, so I don't know what we call that. <laughs> uh, poetic justice. Uh, the yeah. problem is, like, they locked themselves into Gobert, and he doesn't really fit that well with Anthony Edwards. And Anthony Edwards is 21 and Gobert is the only veteran on the team. And he's not a leader in any sense. I just said, nobody respects him. So like who talks to them in the locker room and is like, Hey, we got to step this up. You know what I'm saying? Like Pat Bev is gone. They, just, they got nothing. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, the, as we said, when it happened, the Gobert move was just, uh, outrageously bad and then like they they just shot themselves in the foot we knew spacing was going to be ass yeah we knew it as as fans i don't know what that front office was thinking how did you look at that team previously and think you know what we need let's clog the center more and not be able or clog the lane more and not be able to score well you know what i I heard was that it was all like analytics driven and that they looked at all those like like (laughs) they looked at all those fancy defensive metrics for Gobert and like on off court different stuff like yeah I mean of course defensive metrics on court are going to be better (laughs) like any teams are going to be better with him but offensively nope and I think I mean, we don't really know, like, the inside of the story. I just remember that from a podcast, like, over the summer that Tim Wolf's staff had all these analytics and projections that showed, like, that what they really needed was a rim protector. And that was, like, their biggest weakness against Memphis, right, in the playoffs. Like, John Morant's going to the hole, and they don't have anyone there that can stop him because Cat's the only one back there, Right. And no team is stopping John Morant, though. That's <laughs> yeah. Well, no I, would, I won't disagree that they needed rim protection, but there are cheaper ways to do it than spending seven picks on a player who can't do anything but dunk the ball. Yeah. And and the analytics were showing that <clears throat> while well, Gobert is the best rim protector and your defense, whatever. So I I wonder if it's one of those. I mean, it's not a failure of the statistical measures. Like you can use statistics to show whatever point that you want. Right. But I think part of the failure was that they didn't consider what Sam talked about, how the personalities were going to mesh 
mm-hmm. you know, the chemistry of it all, the fact that everybody hates Gobert, doesn't <laughs> want to play with them. And then like Anthony Edwards isn't motivated to figure out like the best way for it to fit together because he just would rather complain and like ask for uh more spacing. So yeah. <clears throat> Analytics I mean, sometimes steer you wrong if you don't know how to interpret the data. Well, it's not, not just that. I feel like, I mean, if you go in with the tunnel vision of we need to improve this, who does that the most? Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> You're not assessing other factors. Right. Yeah, you need you need some context along with analytics. It can't just be only that. Um, speaking of, of that trade, the, the team they traded with is above them in the standings despite attempting to tank. They are the Jazz of Utah, 10 and 6. Fourth um, in the West. Fourth in the West. They have lost three straight, I will mention. But I think it's pretty clear, at least. Like they got off to a 10 and 3 start. They've slumped a little bit. But I think it's pretty clear this team is like a 500 or a little bit better team as constructed. And if they really want to be in the Victor Wembanyama state sweepstakes, they're going to have to make a trade. Do they, so, though? Well, I don't know. I mean, if Minnesota's bad enough, they'll be in the Victor Wembanyama Sweet Six. Do they have their pick this year? Yeah. Uh, I'll double check. Well, then they're. I'm like, <laughs> well, yeah, we'll see how Minnesota I'm, does. That's I'm like ninety percent sure. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, they're probably watching the standings for that too, right? I think I think they'll probably give it like. 20, 30 more games, see how they look, and then probably decide what to do around the trade deadline. They have their own pick, of course. The uh, least favorable between the Rockets, Nets, and Sixers, and then the Timberwolves first-round pick this year. Yeah, so they'll they'll definitely be watching their own record along with the the T-Wolves to decide what to do, I would imagine. Yeah, so it's a similar situation we just talked about with the Pelicans. Yeah where it's like they don't even need their own pick to be bad in order to get into the sweepstakes. Now, the Jazz don't have Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram, right? Mm-hmm. But still, if the Jazz like come out of this with offloading their whole team, ending up with 10 first-round picks, and then like the very first one coming up becomes Victor Wembanyama, <laughs> like can you imagine asking the Jazz what their best case scenario would be like after the end of the playoffs last season. And then fast forward to that possible scenario that would have been like undreamable. I've always said that Utah jazz need a French center, but they just had the wrong one. Right. (laughs) Yeah. I bet Kyle, I mean, this is like a decent team as constructed. So I bet they'll, if, if the Timberwolves are, you know, in playoff contention come 20 games from now, they might have to unload Mike Conley at least and a few other pieces if they're really trying to get to the bottom. Yeah, I would imagine that's probably what happens. Like, I mean, if – well, I guess, I don't know. It's like if you get, you know, say we get through the end of this year, right, we're going into January, and the Jazz are still a top-five team in the West. Do they – you think that they start offloading everyone still and top five, probably not. But if I think if they're like seventh or eighth, you know, it's yeah, like what I playing material, I could yeah. see like, 
I mean, right. uh, a contender would trade for Conley, right? Um, I mean, a contender, I feel like, would trade for just about any one of those, you know, top eight, seven, eight players on this team. They have good players. That's why they're like a 500. I think the I think the magic slipper is already falling off. Is that how Cinderella went? Because, I mean, they've lost three in a row. Like, I think they haven't been by much, though. Like, it's been like yeah. five to eight point losses. They're like, not going to be terrible, but they're, they're not, not going to be out. the 10 and three start that they had. They're going to be probably slightly above 500, I would guess. Yeah. I mean, you just like Jordan Clarkson's done so much for his own stock, too. Like, there's, there's definitely going to be contenders that want to be able to get 18 points and five assists coming off the bench. Yeah. Obviously starting now doing that, but to know that's an upside there now, like. Let me ask y'all this as, as Bulls fans, how come Lowry couldn't do this for y'all? He was too young. He also had, he was just a shitty situation with coaching. That's that true. was the, that was the boiling era. We don't speak about that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I think I mean they have a bunch of great like a bunch of good like fifth starters, you know, like six men that a lot of teams would want. So if there's a fire still to come and they start to slip, they're gonna do it and they're gonna get good value for them, which would be smart. You know who could use some of those players is the Warriors. <laughs> You're telling get me Kelly Olinick on the Warriors stat, dude. Yeah, mm. you know how great of a fit that my would be? god, that just feels like a Warriors player right there. That's 13. such a good point. Five and three assists and shooting almost 50% from three. Kelly Link would already be their best bench player. So, I mean, easily. He might even start. start. (laughs) (laughs) He he might not start, but considering their starting lineups, like the best in the league, but he would still (laughs) help them a lot. Uh, All right. I think we've exhausted our NBA. I've I've, uh, done all I can. Should we switch over to the NFL? Yes. And then finish with some World Cup. There's no other podcast where you get three sports. All right. And that's why you come to Sport Ball. You remember that, kids. I hope there's no kids listening. Uh, I hope there are. <laughs> Vikings build. I want to start with that. Seth, allow me to have a recap of the game, and then you have the floor to basically wax poetic on your precious oh Vikings. All right. Um, Game of the year, early early game of the year candidate. I don't, I don't think it'll be beat just for wildness at the end of the game. So the Vikings were down. They were at fourth and 18. Uh, basically, game's over if they don't get it. Kirk Cousins heaves the ball downfield. Justin Jefferson is in no way open. And he makes an incredible catch, maybe the best I've ever seen, one-handed I feel like the defender, the defender had two hands on it. Justin had one. He kind of ripped it away and turned over. It was, you got to give props to the defender for helping him catch it. Um, So that was insane. They didn't even score on that drive, turns out, because they got down to the one. They said, let's do a QB sneak, which is, well. It was more like the four-inch line. Yeah, exactly. And they, they did a QB sneak, which is the most efficient play, except Kirk Cousins took the QB sneak, didn't plant his feet at all. No, <laughs> he just fell forward and I didn't swear get it he all. made it in though. He, this is the worst QB sneak I've ever seen. He literally didn't. It was bad, but I swear he didn't he plant his in. feet. Um, so yeah, he didn't get it. It's like when you fall forward, except when your feet get like slide out from underneath you, and yeah, you, your head doesn't go forward at all, it just goes <laughs> down. Yeah, yeah. that's what he did. He just fell down essentially. 
And he literally fell down the play before when he stepped in his lineman's foot for the second time that game. Uh, and then the Bills take over at the four-inch line. All they have to do is run a QB sneak and the game's over. Josh Allen just doesn't take the snap. He says, I'll leave that there on the ground for you. The Vikings <laughs> recovered in the end zone for a touchdown. Never in my life have I seen such a thing. I was <laughs> butt naked running around after watching that. So then, okay, the Vikings are winning. Game over, you think. Wrong. Josh Allen drives for a field goal. A pass, a deep pass to Gabe Davis gets completed that wasn't actually completed at all. For some reason, they don't review it because why would they review the most critical play of the game? That doesn't make any sense. Uh, so whatever. They get a field goal. Overtime, baby. Felt right, though. It did feel right that that was an overtime game. Uh, the Vikings drive all the way down to near the end zone. Of course, they can't get it in because they have Kirk Cousins as their quarterback. Uh, so they get a field goal. Allen, Joshua, drives all the way down the field. You're like, oh, okay, they're going to tie it up or they're going to win. And then he throws an inexplicable red zone interception to Patrick Peterson. What, and the game was over. And we were all just shocked. And your Vikings got to win, Seth. What? Uh, freaking game. <laughs> Just the epitome of a roller coaster. Numerous times did all of us Vikings fans feel like, okay, damn, we lost this one. We let it slip away. <laughs> Thanks, Kirk. You did it again. <clears throat> I kept screaming during the game. Not even screaming, but just pleading. Before the snap, I'd be like, Kirk, just don't be yourself. <laughs> just pretend that you're somebody else. And then he'd immediately like trip over our own offensive lineman. <laughs> he did or, that twice. <laughs> or throw a pass into the defensive line's hands, you know, tipped at the line. Or... Dude, the second time he stepped in the offensive lineman and fell backwards, he fell backwards as if he'd been shot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You can't make Kirk it up. Kirk is growing on me, though. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Kirko, the Kirko celebrations, they get me riled up, dude. Holy shit, man. Yeah. Kirkwood bangs, um, baby. Yeah, so, <clears throat> and I was all ready to say, like, I, I think I was typing out a text to the, both of you <laughs> saying, like, you know, weirdly, even though we lost the game, I feel more confident in the Vikings that they were able to hang with the Bills. Yeah. And then we won. <laughs> and so <clears throat> now I feel even more confident that we're able to beat a team like the Bills. And, yeah, I mean – you can look at several different plays depending on your perspective and who you're cheering for and say, oh, this was lucky, this was unlucky, whatever. Like, we obviously got some lucky breaks, but like you talked about, Sam, like the refs fucked us at one point and, you know, certain plays that Kirk made that no other quarterback would have done. So... Dude, the one, one of the interceptions he threw, it looked like he was just passing it to the defender, like he was running yeah. around. I think he just was like going through his progressions and like that's the approximate area where our receiver was supposed to be. And he saw like a human being who was separate <laughs> from other human beings. And he's like, Oh, that must be my Man, receiver. He's wide open. <laughs> um, yeah. Just, you know, you can't make it up with Kirk. So yeah, I feel very encouraged after this game. You have to. The the usual caveat, like the Vikings always find some way to break your heart. But I think we showed that this team can 
play with anybody. Um, and at the same time, like the Eagles lost, so they showed mm-hmm. them not impervious. So I think things just got a decent amount closer at the top of the league where we might we maybe would have said before this last week, like, all right, it's Bills, Eagles, Chiefs. Can't really imagine anyone else winning it. And now I don't think that's the case anymore. I mean, clearly the Vikings can beat anyone and they can lose to anyone because all their games have been one score. So would I be surprised if they're in the Super Bowl? No. Would I be surprised if they lose the first game of the playoffs? No. I mean, how could I be surprised by anything when every game you play is a one score game? Yeah. Well, yeah. Or again, it's all about your perspective. Does that mean, wow, the Vikings are clutch. We, we make it happen when it's a tight game and that's, the exactly the type of skills that you need in the playoffs or is it just kind of a crapshoot? And if we were a really good team, we'd be dominating the bad teams. Probably both. Right. I mean, you might get lucky in a playoff game or you might, you know, have the skills in the clutch or you, your luck might finally run out. Yeah. But obviously it's clear you can beat anyone. You just beat the bills. So. Yeah. Okay. And Justin Jefferson is that boy. <laughs> the damn fact. He is him. <laughs> Man. All right, Kyle. uh, Well, go ahead. I was just going to say, he's, I mean, I I just, I I think it's, I don't know if it's a, (laughs) I don't know if it's a, um, like, Justin Jefferson's just the best wide receiver in the NFL, right? Yeah. I don't think it's a debate room anymore. (laughs) I mean, it never was for me. I didn't think it was either. I feel like you argued Cooper. Just yeah, Cooper year. Cup, I mean, I think is just as good as Justin Jefferson when healthy. But eh. I don't think he could make the plays that Justin Jefferson. Let's can. see Justin Jefferson have a quarterback that's not Kirk Cousins, and I think you'll see that he's mm. better than Cooper Cup. <laughs> I don't like the position you're putting me in <laughs> in this conversation. So I'm just gonna <clears throat> uh Kyle, he mentioned your Eagles and my Eagles, the ones that we birthed from our loins together. Uh, slipped up and lost to the commies of Washington, D.C. Bound to happen. Uh, I still think this team's elite. I mean, the our commies are looking decent, to be honest. I mean, it's, it's that Heineke magic. Hanky-panky Heineke, they call him, I heard. <laughs> That's what I call him. <laughs> I mean, hey, uh, there was a lot that went wrong wow he couldn't even make it to the end of this podcast without having to pee this time um (laughs) there was a lot that went wrong for the eagles um also you know they had the ball uh and they were driving in the fourth to be able to tie the game when the refs completely missed a blatant face mask that you could argue caused a fumble, which definitely it did. Then yeah. gave the commies the ball at like the 35 yard line with like, I don't know, five minutes or something to go. So a, a lot didn't go their way. AJ Brown dropped probably more passes that game than he's dropped all season combined. Oh, I'm aware. You know, it's a, uh, I think it's a, um, What's the word that I'm thinking of? A uh, it's out there. 
Blue ones in a blue moon? No, that's not what I was thinking, but uh, an <laughs> oh, outlier have... game. <laughs> an outlier yeah, result. outlier. It wasn't... <laughs> he said it's out there. It's lying out there. What do I call it? <laughs> I mean, yeah, they turned the ball over four times, including, like, the fumble at the end. So, like, you know, they're kind of – they had only three turnovers this year, and turnovers are usually kind of a, a lucky stat, so it was going to catch up to them eventually. I mean, I'm not worried. I still think they'll be the one seed – Maybe they'll play the two seed with the Vikings coming on, but I still think they're an elite team. Um, and them and the Vikings seem to be the class of the NFC. You hear what I'm saying out of my lips, Seth? The Vikings are part of the class of the NFC. Uh, speaking of the NFC, Cooper Cup, you hate to see this. High ankle sprain, had surgery, out at least four weeks, could be out for the rest of the year, depending on how the Rams' next games go, I imagine. Probably pretty much puts a nail in the coffin of the Rams playoff chances, huh? Yep. Oh, 100%. They looked atrocious even with Cooper Cup. He was their only good player. So <laughs> I believe this is the worst record any team has had this far in the year that is a defending champion. So, yeah, much like the it. Warriors. Any what I don't know what happens in California, but these teams that win just can't keep it going. It's probably the Heat. Well, <laughs> sad to see that um the other two teams that we were talking about in the NFC have made a bit of a run the, the, since we last spoke. The Buccaneers seem to have taken advantage of their shitty division finally. So they look like they're going to sneak into the playoffs. It's kind of good. I feel like it's going to be like we expected going into the year. They're going to be 10-7, and seven, make the playoffs in a shitty division, not going to be a lead team. And the Packers, we'll see. They're playing the Titans right now. They won last week over the Cowboys, so they're looking at least decent. Maybe they'll sneak in a wild card. We shall see. Could be the commies there. If I have to watch the commies, in a NF NFL wild card game, it could be. They they can't go back to Carson Wentz, right? Even when he's healthy. No, no way. What's up with Carson Wentz? Every team just gives him a chance, and they're like, "Oh wait, oh that's right, he is bad." And then they just get rid of him after a year. Pretty much. Okay, good. Just checking. Uh, well, that like was Westbrook. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> Maybe they can, maybe Carson Wentz can, like Russell Westbrook, lead a team in China. Uh, Speaking of China and just international play, the World Cup, it's happening. Would you believe it? It's November and it's the World Cup's happening. Um, We don't know anything about the World Cup, but we're going to give you our picks anyway. False, I think. (laughs) All right. So here, allow me to read you the odds for winners of the World Cup. Brazil at plus 350, Argentina at plus 500, France at plus 700, Spain at plus 850, England 9 to 1, and Germany 10 to 1. So it's your usual suspects. Did you guys know only eight teams, only eight countries have ever won the World Cup? And I believe it's those eight right there. That's pretty incredible, actually. Oh, that was only six. I think the other ones are... um, Uruguay and I don't know someone else, but yeah, there's literally only been eight teams that have won it. So I'm going to go with Argentina plus 500 Messi's last dance. You might say this is uh, probably Messi's last best chance to win a world cup. And um, this is last world cup. He's going to play in. Exactly. So he's never going to get a better one. So (laughs) the scant research I've been doing, it seems like although they've had talented teams in the past, this team uh fits more well around Messi than one any they've had before kind of play to his strengths and can play um can really 
play as a team around Messi, whereas in the past they just had a bunch of talent, like an all-star team, you know, that doesn't really fit together. So I kind of like the, the feel of that, and I always cheer for Messi. So tax evasion aside, I'd like to see him <laughs> I'd like to see him host, hoist the trophy once again and just cement himself as the greatest of all time. What do you think? What do you think, Seth? That would be cool. Um, I'm going into this with zero knowledge whatsoever about any of these teams. I mean, I know Messi's good, so that makes sense to me. Uh, but you know, I gotta, I gotta throw my hat in with Germany. Gotta. I mean, who am I if I don't? I mean, they're always good, and they're always good in World Cup play. Yeah. So I'm gonna look up the roster right now. See how many of the the names I recognize from four years ago. Oh, we still got Neuer, so that's all we need. I should mention our own our own country. Thomas Mueller, right? Oh, Thomas is good. I assume. I I should have mentioned our own country. The USA is um, 130 to one. Yeah, it sounds like we have. Sounds like we have a chance. Yeah, I yeah, I mean, newer. I'm one of those guys, like, I obviously grew up playing soccer. Mario Götze. Götze, yeah. Um, I I grew up playing soccer, and I love watching it, and I, I know a decent amount about the game, but I just don't follow, like, yeah the Premier League or the Champions League or anything. And so I don't, I just don't know the players, but I am very much looking forward to watching the World Cup. I think it's gonna be a lot of fun. I love the World Cup. I love the World Cup and the Olympics because it's like something I don't normally watch, you know, and it comes around. Yeah, yeah, because we don't get it that, you know, we don't get it every day. (laughs) Right, exactly. Who are you picking, Kyle? I mean, you already know I have to roll with the only soccer. Football stogie boy that there is in Kylian Mbappe and my boys mm. from France. Of course. I mean, they were really good, so that's probably a good bet. Yeah, I mean, they're not uh, supposedly, um, you know, expected to be as good as they were four years ago when they won the World Cup. Um, some of their other best players, I guess, are kind of more on the backside of their career arcs now but you know I don't think that really matters when you got Mbappe I mean right you got a damn Mbappe and and Benzema right I mean that's like they got Benzema um those are two of the best players in the world right so I mean you know yeah yeah that's like having LeBron and AD I hope the rest of their team isn't as bad as the Lakers (laughs) (laughs) how dare you we should mention that our boys from Belgium are 18 to 1. You gotta love that. The Belgian boys? I heard they're they're I heard the golden, the golden, what is it? The golden shower? What is their team called? The golden uh... <laughs> I don't think it's the golden shower. I'm just gonna guess. Uh the golden age of uh the golden generation. What do they call it? You know, the Belgian team that was like really good for the last couple of years. Mm. I'll look it up. But it's golden over now. Age? Is what it's I hear. It's over now, it's done. They got the Belgium boring, golden, golden age, golden generation. I was right first time, first try. I was right. Um, oh, they got De Bruyne and Eden Hazard. Yeah, but Eden Hazard is uh, thirty three, no thirty one. So they're just old. Yeah, simply. But sometimes that, simply that's all you need is you know a little experience. Yeah. No team has won an international tournament with such an old defense. 
but sometimes it's all you need. <laughs> <laughs> Can I give you a sleeper that's definitely not going to win that I that I sneaky like? Hold on, let me guess. I think I know who it is. All right, go ahead. Um, it is Senegal. You know, I do sneaky like them, but I heard their strikers out. So, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, but uh, now I was going to go with um, Denmark, twenty-two to one. From once again, scant. I cannot describe to you enough how scant this research is that I did. Okay. <laughs> Uh, it sounds like the Danes, they don't have, they're kind of the Utah jazz of the world cup. Okay. They just have a solid team around them. No superstars, you know, that can carry you far when you have that camaraderie in the world cup and that's full of all-star teams. Right. And, um, I just love a good morning Danish, you know? So. Well, I mean, what reason could you have, <laughs> they have two victories over France, apparently recently um and according to sporting news if they pick up the momentum in the group stages don't look now but another brave danish charge is in the cards (laughs) that's what i say when i wake up every morning for my breakfast (laughs) i mean how could you not like a goalkeeper named casper schmeichel (laughs) (laughs) i certainly don't hate it Okay, I know a couple of these players, so that's always good. Do you think they should just put Victor Wembanyama in goal for France? I mean, he <laughs> takes up half the goal. <laughs> Probably not a bad idea. I know. All right, well, that's that about does it for the. We covered three sports today. Still didn't get to professional handball, though. <laughs> I ask you, what other podcasts could cover three sports as mediocrely as we just did? Mediocrely, start covering pickleball soon. Mm. Must mind it. Yeah. All right. Well, Kyle, send send us off so we can watch the rest of this Titans Green Bay game. I mean, what's there to say? Um, go to sleep, wake up, eat your Wheaties, and pray that the Lakers have the worst record in the NBA. Amen. Amen.